When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K for a combination midweek preview podcast because the schedule is weird for a Monday night football game. We have we have Sunday off, but still a game to cover, which is like we haven't had that since last year, which is weird. Uh, I am looking. I am kind of looking forward to a Monday night game, even if these are two bad football teams. Uh, the Giants are worse than the Eagles in theory, but and we saw that doesn't matter. So, um, but everything matters. Uh, yeah. Tr- <laughs> Hey, nice. That was good. Yep. <laughs> that was a little, little callback to, to Doug. Uh, so, a few things to cover before we get into the preview stuff. Um, pretty, like, dramatic last... Relative to the rest of the season, pretty light last couple of days, but still kind of feels like a little dramatic just in the Eagles finally deciding to cut ties with Mac Hollins has been the, the big topic. Um, Feel like we should get into that a little bit. I know we've we've talked about him way more than he probably deserves to be talked about, considering his level of production. A lot of that probably has to do with uh, their proclivity for playing him, despite all of that. But so I, I wasn't at the Mike Rowe Jim Schwartz press conference. You were there for Mike Rowe. I was there for Doug today, and Doug was a little almost like prematurely defensive. Like yeah, he was apprehensive yeah, about. So something. he was someone just straight up asked him like, "So why did you guys get rid of Mac Hollins?" And before a question was even asked. He's about, sick. like, the power structure of the Eagles. He's like, but I know where you guys are going with this. Where I didn't yeah. even get the sense that's where everybody was going. Uh, he's like, they're, you know, Howie and I talk about everything before decisions are made. They're like, well, then who makes that decision? He's like, well, Howie does. But it, it, it there does seem to be, like, there, there's been, I believe, six guys that played significant snaps and then were cut a day or two later this season. Uh, Anderson Dejo, Jordan Matthews, Akeem Spence, or Orlando Skandrick. Uh, Zach Brown and did I miss somebody? Mac Collins and Mac Collins, and they were cut a few days later, which is a pretty clear sign that there's there's some sort of disconnect. Whether it's the talent evaluation, the decision to cut these guys, how the coaches feel about these guys. I mean, you can even count L.J. Fort as a guy who maybe was cut prematurely, clearly because he's played really well with the Ravens. But like, what what do you make about all this? Because it's a lot. Like, I think it's more than just talk. It might seem like everybody's overreacting to Mac Hollins, but I think it's like a deeper issue than that. Well, I think when something happens twice, it's a coincidence. When something happens six times, it's a reality. And I, I do think there's a situation here where even if there's maybe not a disconnect in like, oh man, the coaching staff can't stand the, the front yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. It's, hey, we're not finding the right people for the right system or... The front office isn't like the way that the players are performing in that system, despite the coaching staff being confident in them. And I think, you know, this has been a season that's been full of change and turmoil and everything like that. It just kind of seems like this team in general can't see the forest through the trees. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those things where I don't think they've really done enough to enhance the roster in season, they've kind of been resting on the practice squad or 
they know, did, the occasional... Like, even last year, they did a pretty good job of finding guys. Yeah. I mean, they did work on the practice squad quite a bit, yeah, too. Yeah, like LeBlanc and Trayvon Hester, for example. Right. Um, they haven't had a guy like that this year. And, I mean, there's been somewhat of a shake-up in the front, in the scouting structure with yeah. Joe Douglas leaving, so maybe, maybe that could be part of it, but... Maybe some Andy Weidel's not as assertive as Joe Douglas is. I I don't want to speculate on that, but <clears throat> you know, different talent evaluators have different approaches. But I will say this: I do think that the coaching staff puts a little bit too much weight on their current players. You know, we were talking to Jim Schwartz yesterday, and uh, you know, Devontae Parker was killing Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills throughout the game on jump balls, and. I asked Schwartz, did, did he ever consider putting in Russell Douglas? And Schwartz's answer was, you know, Mills and Darby had done well against his 50-50 balls in the past. I wanted them to get out of their funk. Well, you don't really have that luxury when you're 5-6 and six and now 5-7. and seven. So um, that's a little weird. I do think, you know, Doug Peterson's biggest strength is relating to his players, but sometimes I think he coddles or protects them a little bit. Um the fact that Howie was willing to quit on a fourth-round pick, I think, says something. Um, it is interesting because I couldn't – you can't really tell who – I mean, obviously, Howie's the final decision-maker, but what the final straw was. He had a real – Hollins had a really bad holding penalty in, against Miami that wiped out probably the most impressive play of, of Nelson Aguilar's season just from the sheer fact that he was able to shake, like, 12 dudes. There was only 11 on the field, yeah, but the Collins, coach... Matt Collins, by the way, had six penalties and ten catches this season. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and when you think about it, too, he was, like, the fourth or fifth wide receiver in 2017. He caught, uh, I believe, 16 more yeah. pass Or six more passes for, a lot for, more for 100 more yards. So, yeah, I and mean... a touchdown, yeah. Because that's when he got to dance, which... <laughs> Yeah, and then he has that. Endear- it's funny how quickly things turn. Like his whole thing kind of seemed endearing when he's a rookie, and then yeah. the, as he started not being productive, everybody's like, "That guy's weird." What I do want to say is, and I, I saw this somebody from North Carolina, one of his former teammates who now works in TV, said that you know Mac was constantly you know doing charitable stuff when on his off days and really giving back to the community. I think he's gotten like a really terrible rap for his play, but the dude was always a nice guy. I don't think he. I don't think he. He lacked, you know, effort or anything well, like that. I don't think anybody has blamed him at all in general, though. I think it's more of an about the coaching staff's inability to see that. Uh, I think I done. think a lot of people have been critical of him, but he was put, but but except the fact that he was put in, in a situation where he really struggled to succeed, and after a couple of weeks, you realize that he was never going to succeed. So yeah, I think I do think the criticism belongs on the coaching staff. I also think it belongs on. The personnel department, yeah. they really did not do anything to go out of their way and enhance the wide receiver position. Outside of Jordan Matthews, every single wide receiver who's played this year was in camp with this team. So, I mean, in, in the whole Greg Ward thing that he's still on the roster and Mac is gone, just like, mm-hmm. again, I don't know how many times we're going to say this, but like, why did that took, take so long? Yeah, like I mean... They're, they're lucky nobody stole Greg Ward from them. Yeah, well, and that could be part of the reasoning, is they didn't feel like Greg Ward was a guy that really was as important to anybody else as it was to the Eagles, and that's fair. I don't even know if they realized that how important yeah, they sure, were. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, you know, it's so now they have four receivers, right? Yeah, but now they have they, three they, tight ends. And they, so they put Mark and Michelle on the practice squad, 
I wonder if at some point he gets moved up to the active roster after he's back for a couple weeks. I don't know, because they don't seem like they like having three tight ends on the active roster. So um, Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I would... Especially as a returner or something. But, um... So, and then... The press conference today with Doug, he, he seemed... First of all, he walked in, he didn't have his hat on, which is kind of <laughs> normal, and he looked like he hadn't slept in, like, two days. Uh, this, I mean, it's just maybe the, the season just getting to him now, I don't know. But um, he was a little frustrated with the line of questioning, which a lot of it had to do with, like, self-evaluation and, you know, the whole joke about him always talking about looking in the mirror and mm-hmm. there was some irony in that he refused to look in the mirror when he was asked to today because mm-hmm. uh, he kind of, like, looked over the PR guy and, he, and he's like, is the season over? Well, yeah. I mean, he, they, they still have to kind of answer for the way they've played and how this has happened two years in a row. Well, and they um, constantly talk about self-scouting, yeah. so and, it was an appropriate question. And we ask them, how, have you self-scouted? And he's like, uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, I, there, I think there was a lot of fair questions today about the way he evaluates his coaching staff, because I think, you know, there was a report uh, earlier this week from Chris, or maybe it was him, like, giving his opinion that the Eagles are going to make some significant changes on the coaching staff. We can get into what we think that means, but uh, it just seems like if they lose another game, especially to the Giants, like, I mean, if the wheels haven't already fallen off, then it could get really bad and ugly in here. Yeah, I mean, look, the Giants are 2-10. and ten, uh, But, oh, you know, they have the opportunity to play spoiler, and it's a division game. Um, so records kind of don't really matter. Golden Tate is returning from injury. He's probably going to want to show the Eagles they should have resigned him. Um, or throw him the ball. <laughs> or throw him the ball, right. Um, Daniel Jones is dealing with a high ankle sprain and probably isn't going to play on Monday. So, you know, Eli's entering this situation where not only could he make a, uh, one last memory for the Giants fans and, and for him, he could ruin the Eagles' like outlook moving forward. It's kind of in front of a national audience. So yeah. I, I think there's a lot there. Also keep in mind, the Eagles-Giants rivalry is now at 85-85-2, and two, so it's tied all the way through. Well, not only that, but Eli Manning's career record is also at 500, so... So there you go. Yeah. I mean... Which is kind of crazy that both of those things are true. <laughs> so, you know, Eli can solve all of his problems by winning this one. Well, I think he's like 10-20 and 20 against the Eagles all time or something like that. Yeah, he's, they've lost they've five lost straight. Like, yeah, and like 7 of 8 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, it's gonna, I mean, the Eagles' defense... Has struggled against like veteran quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, just look last week. Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick just destroyed them. Manning can't really throw it down the field like Fitzpatrick can, but he gets the ball out quick. They have as good of weapons around him as they've had in a while, probably. I mean, they had Beckham before, obviously, but like spread out. You know, Darius Slayton's been probably better than the Eagles receivers. Golden Tate's been really good. Sterling Shepard's a solid player. Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. I think Engram might play. Uh, he seems like yeah, that was questionable, yeah. but I think he's limited at practice. So. Like, they have the weapons and the Eagles' defense, if it plays like it did against the Dolphins, will give up points. So, on the, I mean, we'll get into the preview part of it. Well, we've something. talked about how much uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has owned Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz has owned Eli. So, point. it's worth kind of considering. I also think uh, the Giants' defense is so bad, that's when you're supposed to say, how bad <laughs> how is bad it? How bad is it? That I do think that this Eagles team will put up 30 points. Or, eh, probably at least 27. Is, is your conspiracy theory alarm going off? Do you think Daniel Jones is actually hurt? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and other people who think... Because here's the thing. If Eli comes out there and wins the next two games and looks good and doesn't then turn... It make, then it looks bad for them. Yeah, it looks bad not only for 
the coaching staff, the GM, but it also looks really bad for ownership. So I, I don't know if they would <laughs> do that. Yeah. Do you think they were go- they were gonna bring him out there? Or, I mean, it would have made sense to bring him out in week seventeen or whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe, guess, maybe not. I don't, I don't think he wants handouts. I don't think yeah. he wants to be a charity case. But yeah, sure. It's it's just like so perfect that it's against the Eagles that he's making his return against. So the that week seventeen game might not mean anything in the end. So they might not get a legit game against Daniel Jones until next year. Right. Well, and the way Daniel mm-hmm. Jones has been playing, I don't know that they'd get a legit well, he, game. He was anyway. actually really good before this last week. Well, I mean, he's been turning the ball over relentlessly. It just well, feels like he, he was fumbling a lot. He, yeah. he only had like one interception over the previous four games. So, uh, but he's, I mean, and he's the kind of quarterback that he can throw it down the field. He's athletic. That gives the Eagles kind of trouble. But and they're, I don't know how great they are at forcing turnovers. Yeah, I mean, and he, I mean, he's not playing, so it doesn't matter. But, right. Yeah. Um, but so just other Eagle stuff. So Jordan Howard still not clear for contact. Mm-hmm. Doug claims that it's not season ending. Um, I would doubt he plays on Monday night, so that leaves three games for him left this season to play unless they make the playoffs. Well, What's your level of concern now? My level of concern doesn't really matter if they lose to the Giants, yeah, right? That's, that's so right, yeah. um, I think they want to have him back for the Cowboys game. I think that's like they know what that is. If they can't beat the Redskins and the Giants, <laughs> then like... Yeah, the Redskins are looking decent lately. Yeah, they've won two games. Yeah. Uh, they've also played two relatively <laughs> bad teams. They just got Ron Rivera fired. Um, you know, I think the Eagles can win these next two games, and I think they can win them handedly. That said, if they don't, man, they're the the... People are going to bring the tiki. takes are becoming fat, hot and you're fast gonna, and furious. You're going to see t- people with tiki torches outside Novacare. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> um, so let's go into the so the significant staff changes thing. Let's kind of like run through the staff because I think there's a lot of people who you could say are like 50-50, Some that are probably in fired. Some are that are pretty safe. Cool. Um, you want to start on offense or defense? Let's start on defense. defense. I think that's more interesting. Yeah, I think they're more so defensive line. I don't. I think defensive line has been pretty solid. I think. Philip Daniels deserved. He he'll be back. I would think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pretty unsatisfied with the way it's done, but they've I mean, played well. I think Josh Wett has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a good job of incorporating Anthony Rush. Um, he's dealt with a lot of injuries at defensive tackle. That this is not the group that they plan to have. Uh, Timmy Jernigan, and I mean, he's not just he, so they've had a lot of dumb penalties on the defensive line. I should say, so right. that needs to get fixed. But that's like a defensive line issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you agree with that? Philip Daniels probably safe. Yeah, I would say he's safe. Yeah. Linebackers. Ken Flagel should retire. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, he, I don't know how much talent there even is there, so I don't, I don't know how much you can blame him, but I don't know, like, wh- how much better it's going to be. I mean, be Bradham has not gotten better over the last three years. I mean, he's also getting older. True, uh, but for how much responsibility they give him. I mean, Nate Gary is a hit or miss. Camus. Well, that's the thing. Nate Gary's not a good football player. Camus has been special teams his whole career. Like, it's yeah. not like they've handed him. They haven't drafted No, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think he's... But he is also older. He's been coaching yeah, longer yeah. than everybody. Oh, sure. I, I, my, my, my just point is like it's hard to evaluate someone when you don't give them players. Which is what we can get into later on when we talk about offense. Yes. Um, but yeah, good. linebacker's never been a position where they're, they've put in a lot of yeah. money and effort. They never will. But I mean, really, when you look at it, I mean, outside of the 3-4 defensive alignment for the outside linebackers... Who was the last guy they really paid? D'Amico Ryan, who they acquired in a trade? I, mean, I guess signing Bradham, but it's not like he got paid a lot, a lot. Right, right. Um, there, there actually are some interesting free agent linebackers this offseason, but I doubt they signed any of them. Right. Okay, then uh, start safeties. Tim Houck, 
I mean, yeah, I could see them moving on, but I mean, I don't know how much that does. I don't anyway. think it's necessary. Yeah. Um, I mean, he just has the two veterans there, and then they keep shuffling in random dudes as a third safety. So I don't even know if you can blame him for the third safety spot being. Yeah, injured. I don't. No. Um, and, he, and he did a pretty good job of getting Avante Maddox ready last year. Sure. Uh, Corey Unlin's an interesting one because on one hand he's done like a very good job of incorporating guys in short notice. You know, getting Trayvon LeBlanc ready to play, getting Avante Maddox ready to play. Uh, you know, working. You know, incorporating Jalen Mills back into the defense. But at the same time, like those corners haven't really gotten better while he's been there. So it's like an interesting battle where like one week you'd be like, wow, Corey Unlin's really doing a great job with this group. And then another week you're like, they still don't know how to turn around when the ball's in the air. So I, I don't even, like, where do you stand on him? Because he's, pro- he's probably more on the bubble than the rest of the guys we just talked about, I would say. But I still, I feel like he'll be back next year. But you got, if you're making a move somewhere, then he kind of feels like an interesting target for that. Yeah, he feels like a scapegoat. I mean, he's been around since Chip was here yeah. his last year. Yeah, he's one of the Chip carryovers. Yeah, look, I think Unlin's universally respected in that locker room, in the coaching staff, uh, I mean, amongst the coaching staff. I do think maybe you look for a decent fit, or maybe he looks to move on, but I'm kind of 50-50 on yeah, him. He'll get another job if you let Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's not the kind of experience. And then the big one is Jim Schwartz. He's staying. Um, you think he's staying? Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I, I don't know, the Morton's report made me, like the way he said significant, it feels more significant if he was leaving than like Mike Rowe was leaving. Well. I'm, I'm not just me just overanalyzing a report from Chris Mortensen, who's pretty well connected, but... Right. It, it, again, like I've said in the past on this podcast, if he leaves, it, it probably it kind of feels more like a mutual thing where they Correct. decide, like, let's move on. Uh, I mean, everybody's floated around Rivera, including myself, but the reality is he's going to get another head coaching job. So, right. Um, maybe if one of these other, like Dan Quinn, or like somebody like that's fired, then... Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. Like, I don't know who you're yeah, getting. It has to be, like, a guy who's a head coach right now, probably. Dan Quinn... Um, Runs a four three under more of a hybrid defense that would probably work pretty well with the personnel that they have. Um, I do wonder how Derek Barnett would fit in that, just from a lack yeah. of athletics, uh, lack of athleticism standpoint. Yeah. But I think Josh Wood would kill it in that defense. Yeah. Um, That's more of just spitballing, like an idea. Yeah, yeah, you know, but Dan Quinn, no, that was the name I hadn't really thought of. Yeah. Um, if he does, I feel like he's gonna get fired. <laughs> probably, yep. Um, the reason why I think Schwartz stays is I think. While he's shown an undying loyalty to some bad players, while they've had some really bad performances and some bad moments, overall, if you look at his numbers, they're very impressive. And frankly, he was the better coordinator throughout his entire run here outside of 2017. So, yeah, I mean, his defense was a top 10. So, Look, I get the hate, the hate in the moment, but I do think Schwartz is a good coordinator, and I don't know if you're going to get a guy to replace him that's better. Yeah, well, see, the thing the fans have such trouble with is his bend-don't-break style. Sure. So they give up a lot of yards, but they don't usually give I mean, this last week is just bad recency bias. Mm-hmm. But it's don't forget the previous two weeks he shut down the Patriots and the Seahawks. So, sure. Um, so off at, wait, before offense, we could say special teams, Dave Fipp. I think he, he probably is another one that comes back. It seems like they really like him in that coaching staff but and also a lot of could say a lot of the issues with the coverage is that they've had so many injuries that guys that normally play special teams are moved off and all that but I think you've said you just haven't seen we haven't seen anything I mean the kicker and the punter have been good there's no been no return game and the coverage has been pretty poor yeah I mean the kicker and the punter aren't really byproducts of the special yeah, exactly. you know what I mean yeah. so 
Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you just because they have extended his long snapper. They have extended his kicker. I, I'm sure he's had some insight on that. Um, I think he's done a good job with Cam Johnson overall. But the coverage units, yeah, they need to improve. Um, and the returners gave up that touchdown. Yeah, I mean, and, and returners, whoo, they been shuffling dudes in there like crazy this year. Yeah, it just hasn't worked. So, it, I mean, even last year after Sproles went down, so yeah, I mean, I could see him staying. Now let's get to the offense yeah, where the this fun one is. is. A lot more fun. Um, I guess let, let's start with the obvious staying, which are two guys. I, I think. Jeff Stalin is back, and I think Deuce Staley is back. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can really fault the run game. I will say that Deuce Staley has done an, ju- just an okay job yeah, with yeah, Miles yeah. Sanders. And the and rotations that he does sometimes never really make sense, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know how much that's Doug also. Like, we're not in the room. Right. Um, I will say that I don't think Miles Sanders is ready to be a full-time workhorse back. Yeah. And I, I do, like I said before the season started, this is going to be Deuce's biggest project of his career. Like, they really invested in this position and invested in Miles Sanders. And he's looked lost at times. He's looked great at times. You know, they need to find that footing. And, you know, in three games without Jordan Howard, he's put up numbers, but then they've gotten away from him. So I'm interested to see how much their confidence is in him and then also in Deuce as a coach. Yeah. All right, so let's go from least interesting to most. Least, I would say Justin Peel. Um, Whatever. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, he'll probably be back. I mean, you could say that Goddard probably hasn't made the leap that everybody wanted him to. But I mean, tight ends coach is a tight ends coach. Like, you're not going to get him unless you get like Tony Gonzalez to come into the building or something. Like, yeah, um, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Um, okay, the other ones are interesting. Let's start with quarterbacks. Press Taylor. That's a very interesting. I one. think there needs to be a change. Yeah, um, you, need, you need a whether it's an offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach. I think Doug is like kind of tied to Mike Rowe at this point. We can get into him in a minute. Mm-hmm. Press Taylor, he had all this hype, I think, just by the virtue of being young, it seems like, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of the problem with the offensive coach staff is I don't think Doug, this is kind of a big, more big picture thing, he didn't really surround himself with adults in the room besides just Stoutland. Like, he replaced John DeFilippo as a very experienced co- uh, coach and coordinator with Press Taylor, who had never had this kind of job in his life and is younger than Josh McCown. Uh, Carson Wallace was the receivers coach his only coaching experiences in the CFL and those are like the two spots I mean Mike Rowe he never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL before like so Doug just clearly wanted his, wanted his hands on the offense and he wanted full control of it so he deserves a lot of the criticism but um, definitely but Carson Wentz just hasn't gotten better it has to fall on somebody and you, you, I, they just need it. Maybe Josh McCown is a guy next year. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean that's what I've been kind of like doing at a little bit. I, I, but then again, I mean he's here right now. He's right? here, right? So, um, you know, I think when you look at some of these coordinators that get fired as part of other regimes that get fired, you've got to kind of look at who's been able to develop talent. Now, you know, the Jaguars are in bad shape. I wonder if the Filippo keeps his job with a new head coach or he gets promoted or whatever. be interesting to see if he came back, if he couldn't get any offensive coordinator jobs. Um, you know, there are guys around the league that would fit into that, hey, I've been a quarterback coach for a while. Coach, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think somebody – Carson needs to be challenged, and not in a way that it's aggressive, but in a way that it fits in with his mentality because he's hyper-competitive. And I think when you view your boss or your coach as 
a buddy as opposed and I, I'm just speculating yeah, as, yeah. as a buddy or I, mean, I think it's fair to wonder if he's or listen, a contemporary if he's going to listen as much to someone like Press Taylor as he would a John DeFilippo right I mean or even a Josh McC- like just just because Josh McCown has a dude who's been in the league for a long time like right and I um you know when they went out of their way to get Josh McCown um. You know, they could have signed some other backup, you know what I mean? But they really went hard after McCown, and I think his experience and him being in the room was important to them. They viewed it that maybe like they needed another coach in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not saying Press needs to be fired. I would just probably reconstruct his role. Yeah. I mean, he could get a job with his brother probably. If he well, if his brother it. has a job, yeah. yeah. Hey, they got his their first win. Hey, there you go. Against the Jets. <laughs> and they're celebrating like they won the Super Bowl, which is never like a... I mean, I, well, I mean, you, but <laughs> small miracles. You gotta... Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we need to talk about this one, but Carson Walsh... Yeah, he's gone. Like, there's just... No, if he's here next year, I'd be absolutely shocked. Um, yeah, they... That, they, that group has gotten worse. All their mistakes keep happening. Um, but here's the problem, though. What's the solution? Yeah, like, this is going to be the, the sixth wide receivers so coach. At, the, at least, like, so Nelson Aguilar will be gone, so it's not like <laughs> you have to keep saying that this is a sixth coach in six years anymore. Yeah. And so, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is the one where it matters, really, and it would be a second coach in two years. But you have to... Doug really needs to hit on that hire. It's like maybe the most important thing he does this offseason because they have a quarterback already, in theory. So Yeah. No, I if they replace Press Taylor, that would be, like, maybe more important, but... Um, all right, so Carson Walsh, I think if you were to pull fans, that would be nearly 100%. Yeah. Matt Collins is now Deserved aligning. or not. Matt Collins is now aligning and assigning right in Miami. So yeah. Congrats for that. You can grade out well over there. Uh, and then Mike Rowe is the last one to talk about. Um, I think we probably both think he probably shouldn't be here anymore unless they reassign him to be the receivers coach. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel, but and I think he does get too much blame still. I do too. But in the, it. it his lack of impact has more to do with Doug than with him, probably. But if, if Doug, I don't know, I don't know how to say this because I don't know how their dynamic is, so I don't really want to like speculate. But uh, just the offense has just clearly gotten worse under him. And yeah, and I, and I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how good he is at handling that publicly. I think that's more of Reich and Filippo not being here than as opposed to Micro's fault, Micro right? and, and Press Taylor's fault. I mean, you're asking them to do stuff that really, really experienced coordinators and quarterbacks coaches did. You know what I mean? And they're not either of those things. So, um, yeah. So do you ultimately think he is let go, or do you think they bring him back? I could see them bringing him back. but I could see them bringing him back. I'm kind of 50-50 on that one. I I mean, I want to see how the offense performs down the stretch, but, you know, really it's not looking great. Yeah. All right, so Doug, it looks like. We both think the offensive staff is going to look quite different next year either way. Yeah, I think they'll be... They least, need to bring a veteran coach in here. I think there'll be at least three assistant co- new assistant coaches next yeah. year, for and sure. I, I don't know who this would... But, like, there's a few... Matt Burke would be my pick for the linebacker. Oh, yeah, I forgot that so. he was around, actually. That makes sense. Um, but, like, someone like North Turner, like, you know, they need, like, an old... Even if it's just in an advisory role. Like, there's some teams that have that on their staff where they have sure. an older coach who can't really... Gary Kubiak, North yeah, Turner, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, Gary, Gary Kubiak... I mean, I think that would be really good for Doug. I don't know who, maybe like a Brad Childress or somebody that he's familiar with from his career or something like that. Brad mm-hmm. Childress is still hanging around. He's on the Bears staff now, actually. Hmm. I looked that up the other day. He, he has like a, a full beard instead of just a mustache now. That's like exciting. Very different. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for that update, Zach. Yeah, you're welcome. I was talking about him with Ruby the other day. Uh, all right. We can do a little, let's preview this Giants game a little bit. Okay. Um, so the Giants, just to run through 
what they're good and bad at, I think, is the best way to go about this because they're like pretty clear delineations with how bad they are in some spots. And so we talked about their weapons. They have some good ones. I'd say Eli is probably a minus at this stage of his career, but I mean he can he can complete passes, short yardage, high completion percentage. But their offensive line is very bad, like very very bad. Nate Solders, maybe one of their worst contracts a team has handed out to somebody in recent years. Yeah, I mean, like that, yeah. That's Brandon Graham should have a field day on on Monday. Well, he'll line up against Derek Barnett. I'm, I'm just saying in general, yeah, like yeah. the other side's not good. Yeah, either. Mike Rammer versus Mike Rammer. Br- yeah, yeah I, I did Bill a. Bill Hernandez has been really bad. Yeah, I can't remember who their other guard is. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, their center's uh, John Halapio or something. Yeah, John Halapio. I'll say this: Mike Rammer's versus Brandon Graham is going to be one of those matchups where you're like, oh man, this is like the Jets game where Brandon Graham's basically going to dominate. That said, you could have said the same thing with the Dolphins and he didn't show up. So, yeah, that's good. their offensive line isn't good either. Right. So um, Giants is probably worse, but <laughs> yeah. <is> bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a good game for Fletcher Cox as well. Yeah, Fletcher Cox should dominate. I saw, I guess, uh, Saquon said that Fletcher Cox is one of his favorite players to watch in the league, actually. Well, he'll be watching him yeah, very, like, very closely. Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of Saquon, he hasn't had a very good year, honestly. He's, like, by most metrics, he's been actually one of the worst starting running backs in the NFL. I think it probably has to do something with his ankle, but he's gone out of his way to say that's not an excuse. I think he's just good at, like, taking responsibility for things. I think there is something there. He, like, runs out of bounds instead of seeking out contact. Mm -hmm. He destroyed the Eagles last year. Um, They almost beat them that one game. Uh, Well, you and I both have had taken our turn covering a Giants game, and, uh, you know... To me, when they were playing the Jets, he looked slow. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he's just this dynamic guy usually, and he just something seems off. So if he's not the same, then and if so, if Saquon has a bad game and the Eagles can't win this game, then just chaos. But hashtag um, rough receivers. You'll have you know Jalen Ronald Darby on uh, Jerry Slayton and and Golden Tate because I think Sterling Shepard plays in the slot. Um, yes. Right. Yeah. And Sterling, I mean, he's all right. He hasn't. He's been hurt a lot this year. He's got two concussions. Um, a little concerned about the corner's ability to cover them, but also not as concerned about Eli's ability to throw it down the field to them. Yeah, true. Yeah, or his pocket mobility, yeah. Um, look, the key to this game is getting to Eli and hitting him. Uh, I mean, that would have been the key. with away like Daniel Jones. Right, right, that would have been the key with Daniel Jones too, though, just because of his tendency to yeah, turn, turn the ball over. Um, I think... You know, from from a linebacker perspective, they're probably going to put a spy on Saquon. Um, you have a Malcolm or a linebacker? Uh, I mean, I could see it being Bradham. They've done that before. I could see it being Malcolm. I mean, it would be one of the two of them. Yeah. Uh, I could see it being Nate Gary, but Nate Gary is not a great tackler, so I don't know why you would do yeah, that. that'd be tough. Um, but as slow as Saquon's been, he's still got great hands, and I think yeah. that that's an element. That's the biggest threat of him this, this game. Yeah, um, if Evan Ingram can play, I think he'll be one of the better tight ends that they play against this year. Um, he's very quick. Uh, I'm anxious to see how he does off of injury. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm very interested to see if they can create pressure against this offensive line. Uh, they obviously traded for Leonard Williams. They have Dalvin Tomlinson. Dexter uh, Lawrence. Has played yeah, good. Dexter Lawrence has played well. Marcus Golden has like eight sacks. Yeah, um, and so. he'll probably line up against Lane Johnson. Um, so, you know, if, if the Eagles can keep them at bay, I think they'll have a really good shot at throwing the ball downfield. Janoris Jenkins is a very weird cornerback. He secondary can, is bad. 
Yeah, he can produce a lot of interceptions. You'll see those stats, but he also gives up a ton yeah. of big plays. They, they have a lot. They have a lot of young guys in that secondary. Yeah, strong, like Corey Ballantyne and uh, Love and uh, DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker has been like the worst corner in the NFL. Yeah, DeAndre Baker is going to be a fun guy to watch against JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yeah, this, uh, this could be a big game for JJ if they finally start right. targeting him. Um, and then I think you know at safety they've got Antoine Bethea who's older and He's had a bad year. And then. Um, Look, I've been on this podcast and said it before. I thought Jabril Preppers was the most overrated prospect I think I've ever scouted. Not to play either. He's, I don't think he's clear. Oh uh, well. Anyway, can I get on <laughs> yes. with my well, Jabril Preppers? So. I don't care. We're still going to talk about him. <laughs> I, he is the most overrated. One of the most overrated prospects I've ever scouted. Um, like you thought coming out, he was overrated. Yeah, he. Yeah, I thought he should have been a third round pick. Okay. Um, thought the trade for with Odell, with, yeah. with Odell was hilarious. <laughs> Um, that said, I think he's played much, much better than I expected, or probably anyone expected this year. I think he's actually been a real asset for that defense, and so I'm going to eat my words a little bit. I I don't think he's like a pro bowler or whatever, but... Not worth a trade, not like, he's not a first-round pick in a trade for Odell Beckham. Right, but he, you know, solid, solid player. And then also the Giants have had some real issues, uh, kicking the ball. Yes. Andrew Grossas was a star last year, and he's been awful this year. Their their snaps... Say love their snaps have been terrible. They had that dude Zach Dossie. I think he's on injured reserve now. Who's been ever who's been forever. forever and he was bad somehow in year nineteen, I guess. I mean his hand just got older. Uh, he's playing a bit of Terry. I guess or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um that, that's kinda like the gist of the head to head. But so what, what do you what do you think? How do you think this game plays out then? I said earlier that I thought that the Eagles could thir- score 30 points. I don't think they will, but I do think this Eagles team is going to win this game. I, I have it 23-19. I don't remember what my score was, but I said last week that I'm back in the stage of until the Eagles prove me they can beat somebody. I'm not going to pick them to win, so I picked the Giants to win. Uh, what do you got? Being a close, I think I had it at like 28-24 to 24 or something like that. So I'd be absolutely floored if the Giants put up 28 <laughs> points. But then again, I mean, the Dolphins, the Dolphins put up 37. So like anything's on the table at this point. Yeah, man. This is by like the way, the, like they lost the Dolphins. You remember that? This is like the wild, wild west. If, if, I mean, like, you know. when you do with the preseason predictions, you're like, you know, I could see them losing a game to the Giants on the road. I could see, you know, maybe an NFC East game on the road. You know, we like passed over the Dolphins game. Like we didn't even consider that as a possibility. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was one of those things where I mean. You know, even at halftime, I was like, there's no way they're going to lose this game. And third quarter, I was like, there's no way they're going to lose this game. And then, oh, wait, the Giusecki, the Giusecki touchdown was when I was like, oh, oh man. Oh, because well, we were like, we were both saying, like, it'd be nice for us to, like, be able to turn our stories in in the third quarter. Yeah, we that's all I want. That just let the, just <laughs> let this game be it. I, You know, come on. Just one game. 28 to 14. One, just, I want two games this year where I can do that. You I did that at the Jets. The Jets game. Yeah, the Jets game. I wrote like three. Like 40 sacks, yeah. yeah, I wrote like three stories at <laughs> the end of the game. Um, all right. And someone got mad that we haven't been reading the comments lately, so we'll read a few of them right now. Uh, keep them coming, and we'll keep reading them. I'm sorry <laughs> to disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. Uh... <laughs> Anthony Campos says the Eagles are trying to save Jason Garrett's job. Yeah, I saw that. I, th- I love that comment. <laughs> Got 16 likes on the comment alone. Uh, <laughs> That's the only logic, That's really. Funny this is this is from our post game pod, so there's a lot of like depressed right. Eagles fans. Yeah. Laser eighty. I was so embarrassed by this loss, I didn't show up at work on Monday to avoid the teasing. <laughs> Just didn't go to work. Uh, I wish. I w- you know. Uh, Zorak says Wentz is overpaid AF. Uh, what does AF stand for? 
Well, not, it means uh, as, as friends. Oh, as friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't pay that much for he's him. He's overpaid as a friend, but yeah. like as a quarterback, he's fine. <laughs> hey, Zeus and Meza. Meza. Damn it, Eagles, you guys suck. I thought Dallas was bad. <laughs> hmm. Go on. I don't know what this means. Maybe you will. I don't so I'll read it anyway. Eastside Moo says... Oh, he's, I think he's referencing the... Cartoon. Doug Funny is Doug Peterson. Oh, they're all Skeeter, Doug. Skeeter yeah. Valentine is Mike Rowe. Roger Klotz is Jim Schwartz. All gotta go. These guys can't get it done. Shaking my head. P.S. None of this is on Wentz. Coach is putting him in horrible spots. I mean, this guy was banging on a streetlight, drumming on his banjo. Or wait, no. What is it? Hanging on a streetlight. <laughs> playing with my banjo. <laughs> you remember that song? No, I don't. Oh, man. Ask your older brother about it. It's, it's legit. It's <laughs> I used to watch Doug all the time. I don't really understand any of the references and how they fit into characters, but, you know, other than Doug being named Doug. Um, let's see. I don't want to rant. Sorry, guy. Uh, Dwayne Willis says, Prescott has the intangibles, in parentheses, it factor. It factor. Over Wentz all day. Wentz is better in shorts and a t-shirt. Dak is better in actual football games. I still don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate, but I mean, I do they're, think it's. A, pretty, I think it's a lot closer than people yes. really want to give it. Yeah, and maybe we thought before the season. Uh, five and seven isn't good enough. Playoff bound twenty twenty one. Damn Perez. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing for twenty twenty one. And I thought Dallas sucked. Tuco James says. Candace Walker. Philly always gets embarrassed. What's new? <laughs> uh, let's see. To Yang, if Dallas sucks, then what about the Eagles? It's obvious they are tanking for DBs and wide receivers. That's an interesting conspiracy theory. Hmm. They're tanking to get a good receiver. I like it. They're tanking to be taking for uh, the 12th pick. Yes. <laughs> this was the guy that was mad that we skipped on the comments. Skylar Allen. Seriously, getting tired of you guys skipping out on the comments. Three videos in a row now. I'm counting. We're sorry, okay? We're sorry. Fire grow walls. Have we, wait, hold, wait, hold on. Have we ever ha- read one of Skyler's comments before? We, we have, yeah, because I pronounced his name wrong, and then he said my name's pronounced. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to make sure because it could have been like one of those like Amazon reviews Box or whatever. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Fire grow walls, Taylor and Fit. Grow walls, Taylor. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Heads need a roll in the coaching staff. Randy Smith just laughed on here. I'm guessing he's a Dolphins fan. Uh. C. True says, one of you is loud and one is quiet. Please help. <laughs> I guess we can figure out who's which. <laughs> I think that one's a little more obvious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now we're going to get a laugh comment, too. Yeah, we always, we're always good for a few of those. Art Vandelay from Seinfeld. Uh, okay, I'm not reading it. He said some good stuff to, about people that aren't even on our podcast. About Michael Barking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm only going to read this because of the typo. P-F-S-I-F says Peterman caught lightning in a bottle with the Super Bowl, but he's lost the team. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you tweeted it out. You said they sold their souls for a Super Bowl. I mean. But Peterman, though. Peterman, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Another funny ones. And another guy laughing. All right. <laughs> Give me another note. 
thank you for that. I'm still trying to figure out what AF stands for. <laughs> I like the as friends idea. Yeah, as friends, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just start like when you when you text that to people, just like use it in that context. But what did you just say? <laughs> so wait, would I, I would I us AF? Would I text them AF and then in parentheses as friends? No, you just don't tell them that it means as friends. So like you just incorporate it. <laughs> so like. So then if I text my wife, um, I like our dog, Jack, AF. <laughs> As friends. <laughs> or like a girl breaking up with a guy, and she's like, "We, I, I don't want to be with anymore, but can we still stay AF? Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we just made ourselves laugh a lot. Okay. Uh, you got to laugh sometimes. This, this podcast has been dedicated to Matt Collins, by the way. Aw. Yeah, there That's you so go. so nice of you. Yeah. If you made it to the end. I mean... This podcast was dedicated to him, yeah, AF, as friends. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, it's time for us to go. We have to go to the locker room a little bit. I'm really uh, tired. I, my kid didn't sleep all week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have a kid, so I'll deal with that. Uh, all right, we'll end whoa, on that note. <laughs> we'll end on that note. Uh, send us some more comments. Try and keep them hilarious, because we like a good laugh in a time of sadness of this season, because it's been pretty lame, to be honest. <laughs> it did not go the way we thought it was going to go. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and write us from the YouTube. Thanks.